Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Babes, it's episode 73 of Please Advise. Today we have Ben Mandelker here from the Watch What Crappens podcast. What's up, babe? How are you? What's up? I'm great. I'm just welcoming in the new year. Oh my God. Well, okay. So you just like are one guest that I just breeze past an intro with because Mm. I need to get right into it. Please do. Do you think Yolanda has Munchausen by proxy slash Munchausen's? I think I think she has definite Munchausen's going on. Especially, you do. Well, you know, I just read a report uh, from a Yolanda very rel- Foster, by the way, from <laughs> Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is not like Lemons. Not, not Yolanda. Wasn't there a Yolanda who had a uh, talk show in the nineties? Probably. Yes. yes. Wasn't there? Yes. Okay. Right. Yolanda. I think her show was just called like Yolanda with an exclamation point. Oh, you're Uh, right. I always think of Christina, like the Latin Oprah. Oh, yeah. Christina, also, I think, with perhaps two exclamation points going in different directions. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Christina was great. So anyway, Yolanda, I just read a report somewhere on um, perhaps a questionable source because most Real Housewives gossip is questionable, unless it comes from my podcast, of course, um, that Yolanda is now uh, free of all symptoms of Lyme disease and she is ready to shoot, and she'll be a, uh, an attendee at the reunion of, of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's ready to fight back. Yeah, she's ready to fight back. Fight back with all her power. Did, what can you do about even, like, Bella and Anwar? Like, like, what do you feel about them? Like, I mean, they're advocates for themselves at this point. They're both, like, about the age of – I mean, is Anwar – I believe Anwar is above 18 now. Well, in terms of, like, advocating for his own Lyme disease issues? Yeah, and saying, like, <laughs> I have, I do or do not have Lyme disease. So, okay. So here's where I start to get a little fussy about this. Okay. Because I'm from the Northeast – Okay. Oh, all, yes. Mm-hmm, mm. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm from tick, tick, tick capital of the world. Well, I'm not officially from Lyme, Connecticut, but I'm from, you know, suburban New York where there are ticks aplenty. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a reality that once it's like spring and summer and the ticks come out, and especially if you have a cat or a dog, you know, you have to keep an eye out for ticks. And yeah. a lot of people get Lyme disease. A lot of people do. And you, you, you know, it's not a fun thing. It's not a good thing. But, um, for Yolanda to suddenly be like bringing out her kids, like oh my god, they have Lyme disease too, as if it was this terrible hereditary thing that got passed on to them. It's like, well, guess what? A lot of people get Lyme disease, you know. Not to minimize it. Well, we it, saw like like literally, its effect on reality TV alone is kind of crazy. Like Irene from Real World Seattle. Thank you. The original, the original Lyme disease. Uh, like queen. Carrier. Like yeah. I mean, just like <sighs> degenerating her system. And like, I really want to know, like, what do we feel about Lyme disease's effect on reality television? Well, I mean, the truth is, it makes for great TV, and I think it's actually one of the unsung reality TV diseases because cancer gets yeah. all gets all the cancer attention. gets so much shine so much shine but it's really Lyme disease that brings out the best drama because it's it's serious enough to cause drama you're a homosexual but, Steven yeah but it's not exactly <laughs> but it's not serious enough that you feel bad making fun of it even though right. it's, it's terrible like people who are ravaged by it are you're really like ravaged. actually Lyme disease is borderline flirty compared to like well because because like cancer has no like 
It's just cancer. It's like just it's cancer. a bet negative word. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad. Lyme disease almost sounds like kind of reminds you of summer and, and yeah. dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like it reminds horseback riding. Well, you know what's also great about Lyme disease? Uh, even this is according to Yolanda herself, is that remember that one reunion? She was like, you know, I I had I've I've been struggling with Lyme disease and it's kind of made me an asshole. And I say, you know, God bless any disease that makes a reality star an asshole. I mean, Irene. I mean, again, she was the queen of this. She outed Steven. Oh, yeah. That's right. You know, that was an outing. Yeah, yeah. that was a full he's, outing. He's actually out now. You know, he's gay, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just want to make sure people And not know Jewish that. anymore. But it also took like a couple of years for that, for him to admit that he's. Yeah. And when he was, when he did admit it, it was in this. Shifty. It was in this like quiet way. There was like this big real world reunion. Remember? It was yes. like a 20th reunion. And he was like, I'm gay now. And he was like dressed like a pimp. And it's like, oh, and here is my boyfriend. I was like, no, you can't just introduce your boyfriend after you spent all that time and energy (laughs) denying it and throwing Irene's little teddy bear into the sound. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was like dark when he threw the teddy bear. When he was like, it was like this little stuffed puppy dog or something. She said, it was like clearly something she like loved her whole childhood. Yeah, no, that was… But it, but it was also so amazingly legendary. That I mean, that was one of the greatest I mean, real it's world really honestly. I mean, it was like an amazing like blow up because she called him a homosexual while they were walking. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then he mm-hmm. goes in the house. A marriage oh, between us would never right. work. He goes, yeah. oh, I'm a homosexual, right? And you then he why. pretends to jerk off. And then right. he goes back into the house to get them. He yeah. goes, oh, I'm a homosexual, right? Uh, and he's like pretending to jerk off. Right, yeah. which is yeah. a wild... <laughs> Oh, I mean, I've never been a gay man in flux. Like, I've literally right. never been, like, trying to hide my, like, homosexuality, homosexuality. from millions of people at this. But, yeah. like, that to me seems like a really, like, unclear, crazy reaction. Yeah, like, and it also does not do anything to help, to, to help <laughs> that. Like, to do, like, this totally, like, have a total hissy fit, like, girly um, like, well, throw I'm gonna throw teddy out, bear in the I'm river. I'm gonna throw a teddy bear in the water. Then hmm. huh. you know, I, I mean, stole your childhood teddy bear. I've been yeah. hiding it in my bed for weeks, bitch. <laughs> it yeah. cuts back to her. She's like, I, I love slapped her. pussy. I just slapped yeah. her too. And he was like, I knew she took. It. He was. She was like, I knew he took it. And then he runs up to the car and he like taps on the door and mm-hmm. she opens the door for some reason or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So probably her. the producer. I mean, there's pretty you have to remember, like a producer was driving her, like they're probably like, open the door, open the door, he wants to say something to you. Like you're still legally in our ties. Like, right. You still have to like, respond. If you think about that, like those people in early seasons of Real World literally had no clue about what they were doing. None. And like even once they did, they had no idea what it would become in the future. So like right. even up until like Real world Seattle, like if I re- if a producer told Irene open the door, like Irene literally believed probably right. because of the contracts they were put under, she did not have a right to say no. Yeah, and like that's like you know that's like she probably did, mm-hmm. you know, not because the producer wanted her to get smashed. I don't think anyone could have like predicted that Stephen would have gotten that weird. Right, but like. She probably didn't know she had a choice to like well, say I think it no. I'm probably like, this was just like, like a crazy man. She like, probably was like, oh, he's just tapping to say one last thing to me before I go. Because I mean, she probably did not expect to be slapped at that moment. You know, because no. Irene was crazy too. Let's not take that away from her. It wasn't just the Lyme disease. She was crazy. <laughs> and the fact that she her. even the fact that she even decided to just go in on Stephen 
like in that last walk to the car. Like it was so unnecessary. And she's yeah. like, oh, by the way, we'll never get married because you're homosexual. Like, boom. Like who does that? Like, what she had alienated everyone in the saw, house at that based point. Based on yeah. what we saw on camera. Like mm-hmm. I agree that that's true. I think that there's also a chance. I think Stephen was extra hard on her from what we yeah. saw. So you can well, only he knew he knew that she knew. And as someone who was a once a closeted gay man, I know okay. it's hard to believe. When you know there there is this there is there is this um sort of this like category of of women <laughs> who love to suss out gay men hmm. uh, like a detective yeah. and they're good at it. But the thing is, they can make you know it's like a it's like you're cornering an, like an animal. And like there were many times you know in my closeted uh, years when there'd be a woman be like, I figured it out. You're gay, aren't you? I'm like, no. No, and it, like because it makes you crazy. Because if you're no, closeted, yeah. you're thinking to yourself, "Oh shit, my guys has messed up. Like I'm failing at, yeah, at like right. putting up this front." And it's also like, "Screw you! Like why are you trying? You know, like you get like really defensive, you get really angry, and then you start to really hate that girl." What so do you think that is? That. that that cockiness is, or like that desire to point that out? What do you think that is in the woman? Um, I'm sure you thought of it. Like, yeah, and I think, and the only reason why I say it's women is because I just feel no, like it men. I don't. Is, yeah, yeah, I don't think that men. Men care as much. There have been some guys who did it too, but like, maybe there's like a sense of rejection that the woman feels, and the only way to uh, to sort of rationalize how they could be rejected on a certain level is to get to this kernel of truth, which explains why they've been rejected and makes it better. So they're searching, but they yeah. are. But if they're right, what like what what does that mean then? Do you think? Well, I mean, if they're right, then they're, they're off just the hook being, for rude. being rejected. They're, yeah, well, they're also they don't just even realize. A lot of times, they don't even realize. But it, it's it's honestly like it was really the worst feeling. Sure. When someone was trying to, because yeah. you know, and and it's also if you think about it, if if I weren't gay, lol. But if I weren't gay, and someone's like, I got it, you're gay. You're kind of like that's that's also not cool, you know. In the sense, I I mean, forget yeah. all the PC stuff about like. You know, like shaming, gay shaming or whatever. But like, you know, to a straight man, if someone's just accusing you of being gay, that can be well, emasculating like, in a way. Well, especially, and yeah. When you're I don't know how to say that in a way that's PC, that's not offensive to gays by saying it's emasculating. But you know what I mean? But yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, why well, be surprised if that's not clear? I think mm-hmm. that's really clear. I think that there's also, yeah, I think that like anytime someone's like genuinely like questioning anything about your life. Like, why aren't you married? That I think is also really like, Mm -hmm. I sometimes have gotten like, actually it's gotten to the point that it's gotten really uncomfortable for me where I've had Uber drivers consistently say to me, why aren't you married? And like, I don't know if they get that all the time. They like, they're like, you know, you should say, why don't you you have a better job? You should be, you know, and, and I don't know why you're exactly right. Why don't you have a better job? Dr. Laura was saying today, she's like once a month, just answer back. That's a very rude question because some woman called today saying that. And like I I had been like I had been like weirded out by how much that had been happening to me. Yeah, it's a brand new thing. Why aren't you married? I have family members that are just like, oh, you still don't have a boyfriend mm-hmm. or like you. Yeah. Do you have a boyfriend? And it's like part of it is them sussing out whether or not like I'm dating someone or who right. I'm dating or like mm-hmm. what, right. what person I'm dating or yeah. something like that. But the other half is just like them trying to make themselves feel better about themselves. Yeah, and I think that what was so always so annoying about when people like that idea of people trying to like suss you out in terms of like your sexuality. Yeah, is that it's like not only it's not only just a nosiness. It's like 
it's almost like a like a self congratulatory thing. Like I figured it out. I figured it out. You don't want. You don't have to like be fake with me or whatever. Well, it's, it's like, like well, it's not right. Like though. It's not- no one's business. Like yeah. literally. Like no I've just business. always like I've always considered it with all of my friends. Like it's like mm-hmm. I almost like it's. Sometimes I have to – I mean, it is that I'm, like, kind of, like, don't want to see any of my friends having sex with anyone ever, and that, like, makes me really sad to think about. And, like, I'm sure I'm (laughs) glad they have a fun time on their own time. But, like, it's, like, literally not my business and not my mental images that I want cycling through my mental image list. And so, like, you know, I just, like, oh, it's just weird to think about anyone you love having sex. Like, think about Ronnie having sex right now. Are yeah. you upset? Yeah. With Ronnie having sex? Well, you know, it's funny. I drew, I, I was driving down the street today, and I saw him on the sidewalk. And uh, <laughs> your podcast co-host. I saw my podcast co-host on the street, and he looked like he just gotten out of bed. So uh, it'd be kind of funny to imagine him having sex in that state. Yeah, but, um, uh, yeah. I don't. I try not to think about uh, my friends having sex unless it's like. I guess maybe like a really hot friend. I guess that's okay. Sure. Right? You're allowed to no, think of hot think friends. No, I don't think – well, no, not even them. Like really? I don't. No, I, because I, to me, it's like that is literally the last reason why I'm hanging out with you. Like because right. if you're my friend, then I categorically do not want to have sex with you. Well, I'm not saying I fantasize about my friends having yeah. sex. But I can imagine – every now and then I can imagine like, oh, I wonder – It doesn't bother me to think about you having sex, Molly. Go get it. Get it, girl. No, I mean, like, here's the here's the thing. Like, in theory, like, yeah, Christina goes sex, but then when I'm like thinking about, like, it grosses me out to think of you, you thinking like it, you exactly having sex. No. Yeah, it's weird. I would not. I no, would not actively. Exactly like, no. Yeah, Christina, yeah. like, think about like literally like some guy talking to me at a bar and like twerking my nip and like or whatever, yeah. whatever may happen. Like, gross. Like, yeah. literally, like. Me thinking about someone twerking your nap, like, <laughs> makes me grossed out because it's, like, I, I don't want – I mean, I'm glad Christina has nips for her, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to know about Christina's right. nips. how they were been And, like, that doesn't mean, like, I'm I'm happy for your nips. Like, I'm not, not <laughs> happy for them. I'm just, like – And once again, the conversation turns to my breath. Well, you know, well, this all, this all goes for being said, though, that regardless of who's thinking about who having sex and who is trying out who, I'm still glad <laughs> – I'm so glad that Irene tried to out Stephen because oh, yeah, without it, we would not have had this great moment. I mean, like, I'm what I'm talking about is in real world, like That's not my, even my real favorite. world, not the real world. Because I like I like when people act improperly. On my the real favorite world. real world moment ever has Nets. to be when Melissa fought with Dan about the birdcage slides. Do you remember this? This is real oh, world, Miami. My oh my god! Oh my god! Slides. This is Wait, which one was that? Okay, so this was Miami. Oh when my um, God. you open up yeah. my don't open my fucking mail, bitch. Oh yeah, was that was that classic. Yeah. Don't open my fucking mail, you fucking bitch. Yeah, that's what it was. It was don't open up my fucking mail, you fucking bitch. And like you threw like okay, mm-hmm. so Dan Dan Renzi was not out. He was or, not out. No, Are you maybe crazy? he was out. No, he was out, but he wasn't out to his family. And then mm. Melissa, the heated, sexy Latina. Oh, yeah. A police Cuban officer. Republican. No, no. that No, not that was. Um, well, there are a lot of Cubans that are Republican. The Republican was, uh, or the Republican, the, uh, the what about Flora? police officer was Melissa. Oh, Melissa. Right. That's what, no, uh, that's, um, no. Lisa. Lisa. Le- uh, Lisa. Yeah. Melissa yeah, that was in the Miami was, season. Melissa was New Orleans. No, oh, that's, there I was thought you a said Melissa that Dan, in New Orleans, yeah. but there was also a right. Melissa who was Cuban that was in right. the Miami season. Oh, oh, I thought she was a. I thought she was a police officer. She was not a police. No, officer. Okay, the, the other police girl officer. Was. Oh, Irene. Irene was that her name? No, it was Melissa. Well, there was also Flora. No, the police yeah, officer. Flora. I'm talking about the police officer. Oh yeah, I right. can't remember. His name was Irene. I think. Sworn it was. All right. 
Perhaps. Anyway. Okay, but anyway. <laughs> well, all I know is that like someone, like some guy, like male dance some naked pictures of himself. No, mm-hmm. it was like they were scenes from the birdcage. It was like, <laughs> oh, it, was yeah, it really? from the movie The Birdcage. It wasn't even. It was like, like, <laughs> like, like cells or whatever. Oh, I forget what they're like. Little so like dark. slideshow pics. Like Etsy is, moment. I'm so I'm so, the birdcage. I'm so glad that we have social media now because this is what passed for like scandal back then. But like Ugh. a fun Etsy moment for that, <laughs> I know. right? Do you Crafting. die? <laughs> Well, fun. No, I was really happy that on the, on a, an earlier episode of this very podcast that that uh, there was a callback to "Come on, be my baby tonight." Yes. Come on, be my baby tonight. One of the tonight. one of the greatest songs to ever debut Come on, on MTV. Come on, be my baby tonight. Yeah. I know the way you treated other men. You've been <laughs> Wait, with other other. What Come did on, you be call my baby them? Tonight. Other fools you've been with. Was that what it was? Perhaps. It seems like it would be in uh, that'd be along the lines of the lyrics. Yeah, it was really dark. Yeah. I know the way you treated other thugs you've been with. I know the way Mm. you treated other thugs you've been with. Come and be my baby tonight. No, it's funny because that song it this if you think about it, that song is not so far removed from Luck Be a Lady Tonight. No, it's Luck Be a Lady Tonight. Come be my baby tonight. Oh See, wow! Figured out the root of it. There Do you think go. he's like a Pelosi cousin? He he could be. I mean, a uh, uh, like a Sinatra cousin. Why am well, I, I think Pelosi? I don't know. I I just I agreed with it because I I just I was pretending like I knew what the reference was. But um, I think I could just see him just being a big Guys and Dolls fan. He just- Maybe he's one of Woody <laughs> Allen's sons via Mia Farrow. Yeah, that could. That's there. There's probably a low probability of that, but it's always the option is always open. I like when it comes to David. I really am interested in options. You know, the, to me, it's funny. A lot of people have a lot of warm feelings about the real world season one and two, etc. But my the, the the time when I really hit my real world mature, maturity mm-hmm. was really like Seattle, Seattle. Um, Seattle, Hawaii was after that, right? Seattle, yeah. Hawaii, New Orleans, and then of course I believe that was Vegas. I would next, say, okay, right? so wait, how old are you? Again? I'm 37. Okay, so I'm going to be 32 next week. Okay, that was the same for me. I'm, but I'm, I was a teenager at the time, so obviously I was caught up maturity wise, right? And like yeah, at yeah. that point, like I was like you know fully waiting for my mom to go to some weird yoga class, and then I would like watch Real World for yeah. like three hours, and like it would be. I, I would say Boston really made it pop for me because I would say to mom, like, this is Boston. Right. And I like, remember not completely getting like Genesis and like what. Oh was my going God. Gen- well, Genesis and, yeah. Ad- and then Genesis was dating a guy named Adam and Eve. Wow. And, and That's Adam right. and Eve worked at a Adam slash Eve, I guess, mm-hmm. worked at um a club in Boston and like. That was all still alive when I was going to college. But right. then, like, now I don't think really any of that's there. But I remember Ed and I one winter, like, drove out. Ed flew, mm-hmm. like, very early on in me living to L.A. Like, he he flew out to Boston for uh-huh. New Year's Eve. And we drove to the club where Genesis would hang out with Adam slash Eve. Wow. And uh, it was, like, a martini bar in Cambridge. <laughs> and, like, it, I mean, I'm just going to say it gave me a lot of life. Like, yeah, I definitely – But, like, at should. the same time, I was, like, it's a dying it's a dying scene here. Like, it's, like – Well, you know, one of my greatest thrills – I don't know where Boston's gays are at right now. I made out with a weird Brazilian a guy at, like, a gay bar in Boston, like, three years ago. Well, one of my greatest no, thrills – I mean, when I moved to Los – I moved to Los Angeles in 2001. 
And uh, I had basically no friends here, a few scattered ones here and there. And in, uh, in early 2002, I randomly befriended Jan Jan, the cheerleading man from Bring It On. His name is Nathan. I think his name is Nathan West. Okay. We went to the same gym. Sounds hot. At, he, he's, he's very attractive. Um, and I was, we, bef- I, we became friends at the gym and it was like, I got all excited because I was like, oh my God, I've made my first friend. Yeah. And on top of that, he's like kind of famous. This is super cool. Like, come on, be my baby tonight. Come on, be my baby tonight. Like, right. I was like serenading like, ain't him. Ain't nobody that I'm feeling <laughs> yeah. ain't no- like I'm feeling mm-hmm. you. Yeah, exactly. I wish I had the lyrics, James's lyrics on my cell phone to, to finish that song. Oh but, my God, amazing. Um, so when it was time for the Oscars, he invited me to come along with him to an Oscar party. Mm. And when he picked me up, Heaven. Nathan from Real World Seattle was in the car. And I was like, oh Heaven, my God. I was honey. Like, it's Nathan. Oh my God. Yes, I love a West and I was Point. Like, and this was like, again, this was my first six months being out here. I was very easily starstruck. I'm, I'm still easily starstruck, but like, I wouldn't be starstruck. Were you the by Kira Nathan. to his David that night? <laughs> yes, very much so. And I, uh, I was so excited, and the entire time I was like, "I can't wait to get home and email all my friends that I hung out with Nathan from Real World Seattle." I felt like I had truly arrived in LA, and then uh, Nathan stopped hanging out with me because I was—I think I was obviously like way too. Were you were fanning? Yeah, I was fanning, and so yeah. I got dropped. So it was you like were I, Dakota fanning. I was Dakota fanning. I was but, like, okay, but wait, ready? So. <laughs> Okay, so I'll be L fanning for two because I will say that I did the exact same thing <laughs> mm-hmm. with Steven from Real World Las Vegas. Oh, because wow. I figured out where he worked before I came to LA to even visit. And uh-huh. then I said to Ed, I was like, not because I didn't, not because I wanted to like be, I'm not even attracted. I was never even borderline base attracted to Steven. I actually thought he was very attractive. I here's the thing is that I know he's con- conventionally attractive. Yes. That's never been my type. Like right. I'm more like go for David and Kira moment. Right. Like I'm yeah. I'm mm-hmm. Nathan. Yeah. I'm David. Mm-hmm. I'm like <laughs> trying to go through my catalog. Prancer. But like, yeah. Uh but like, yeah, like I actually would hook up with probably more of the girls on Real World than <laughs> oh, I would okay. have any of the guys. Like they weren't very attractive. They're all pick these like weirdo, like right. buff dudes. Which but, I enjoyed. Sure. So I'm just saying that I think that Steven was kind of a goal for me because I knew that he was this hub at this like real world reality TV, like early radio podcast type network. And so I just went and found him. Wow. At FUBAR. Was he bartending at at FUBAR? Yeah. That is hilarious. Of all the gay bars that Steven from Real World And I just walked up to him and I was like, hi, are you Steven? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, hi, Steven. I listen to your podcast. Like, and I'm screaming because I'm at FUBAR, by the way, where there's like dicks being like pumped into my face. Literally, yeah. Like music and like drinks and like really cheap vodka everywhere. And I'm uh, I'm like, so my friend and I want your number. We want to hang out with you. And he's like, do you want to come on the podcast? And we're like, yep. <laughs> and so he like slid us his number. And so to this day, I have Steven's number on my cell phone. That's that's impressive. Was that um, like what the fishbowl? Was that what that that's was? That's exactly what that was. Mm-hmm. Fishbowl I remember the fishbowl. Radio Network. Yeah. And I actually have, <laughs> because I went on to their radio show one time, I have the this rare Fishbowl Radio Network Christmas CD. Ben, do you want to do some calls? Yes, please. Okay, let's yes. do them. 
Hey, Molly. Okay, so um, I'm on Groupon right now, and they have um, laser liposuction um, for, like, six visits. It's for $160, and um, supposedly you can you, you can lose, like, an inch per visit. So I'm thinking about doing it. It kind of seems like a no-brainer, like, honestly. Um but I know you've talked about laser hair removal before on the pod, so I was just wondering if you know anything about laser lipo. Um, I'm not, like, like grossly fat. Like, I'm not, like, overweight or anything like that. I just want to lose, like, a couple inches on my little stomach and, like, maybe get rid of my Oprah arms. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. Well, I actually think your criticisms about your body are like a real snooze. And like I do, I think everyone's criticisms about their body at this point are a real snooze because we all have the exact like, okay, so I'm in a bachelor like discussion group and like Ali Fedotowski tweeted the other day that she like her New Year's resolution is to gain weight. And I was like, literally like that girl gets and like, you know, people were like snickering in my bachelor group, mm-hmm. my bachelor discussion group, not yeah. to brag. Like literally, it's like, just, like the, the saddest fucking saddest thing I've ever heard. So no, it's been, we're all a bunch of like women in media that like want to like discuss bachelor all day, every right. day and send each other links. There was some like snarkage and I actually had a kind of a personal reaction to it because it was like anyone who was that so personally removed from reality about their own body that they would mm-hmm. think that like America needs to know they're thinking about gaining weight this right. year yeah. is in pain. Like they're not a person that's like realistically thinking about their body or anything else. They're well, like just really like living every day trying to like be in their own head. Well, a tweet like that reads to me as like very self-serving. It's almost like, you know that whole idea of the hot girl who eats a cheeseburger? Like, but that's look what at me. they're saying. It's, it's like, like yeah. the, well, that's what they're saying. And it's like, I kind of disagree with that. It's like, I know that I know that it's annoying to hear like a hot, pretty girl say like, I feel like I need to gain weight this year. But like, and it's not even like the whole like Nicole Richie, like, um, it's I'm skinny, like it's just as hard as being like fat. If someone like chooses to make a statement like that out of the blue, mm-hmm. that usually to me means that they're in some like they're so in their head about it that they think that people need to hear that. Right. I'm just feeling that journey for Ali or that like that like body awareness journey that she has to go through where she's unnecessarily bodily aware. Yeah, I mean, but at this point, the question is, is she is she just announcing this on Twitter because she's on this journey or is she doing it because she's like, well, I need to tweet something. I want something out there that'll like get noticed. So therefore, I'm going to announce so something. Much, I know. You guys are much better at sussing this out than me. Like to me, I'm always like that. Per- I'm trying to like, I always try to find like the psychological reason that they could be hurting that they would do something like that. That's like why I, that's what I look for. Well, you know, the thing is it's also weird. with Twitter, you know, gosh, you know, if, if there's anything that people love, 
to be on Twitter is droll. And I am, you know, I am the victim of that too. So maybe she's like, this will be a really funny droll thing to say. Like it was her attempt to be super droll and clever and witty. Oh, I so didn't maybe, see that. So maybe the, maybe the, whatever's driving her and us and everyone to be super droll on social media, you know, cause it's like, if you're not droll, then you're overly earnest. And it's like, ugh. You know, and if you're not earnest, then you're being depressive and you're like, oh, you know, so it's like droll is the only way to go. <laughs> yeah, I know. You kind of don't get a choice. You're exactly right. But like at the same time, I feel like that's the whole like, I don't know. I've always tried to buck that system. I'm not mm-hmm. really interested in that. Like right. I'm not really interested in being forced into a voice because of what other people will think. I mean, right. there's I mean, I have to say it's always the people that do something really different that I admire. Yeah, but I feel like on social media, for me, I mean, I think one of the reasons why I go the droll route often is uh, because I'm not the sort of person to offload my problems on social media. And I'm also not the sort of person to be all, gosh, gee whiz, you know? Um, I think you really see it, though. I don't even think it's like, I don't know if it's just the podcast or social or what, but like, I think that you see it in a different way than I think. I know for me, you see it in a different way than yeah. I see it, which yeah. is like I when like when you guys point it out, like I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, you're totally right. Like yeah. that was like that's like completely sociopathic. But like for some reason, I genuinely think as most of most of these people, especially in Bravo or whatever, as real people, yeah. like, but they're, well, not, they're not. Well, I mean, they are and they aren't. And that's what's tricky about reality right. TV and what's tricky about social media, too, is that you're putting out a version of reality that can be interpreted in many different ways. This is why people are getting into trouble all the time on social media and on these shows because they say something that's either intended for a certain audience or, or like, you know, like under the auspices of being a private conversation, but it gets sure. projected to like everyone. And then everyone reads their own thing into it. And then next thing you know, there you have either people on a podcast like me making fun of them, being a total asshole about it, or you have just like people getting offended in the, you know, who knows where, writing totally. think pieces. I mean, and, and the only <laughs> thing I really, I mean, just in my like brief interactions with like literally, I think a lot of people would consider Vanderpump to be very bottom of the barrel y. Mm, yeah. Like, with my interactions with those kids, they're all really nice kids. Yeah. Like, there's all, like, just set, like, there's something, like, uh, a little touched about all of them. Yeah. Like, touched by fame, <laughs> touched by something, right. touched by, like, it's all just a by little, an angel, like, perhaps? touched by an angel. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just all have a little, like, um, they have something that's propelling them to There's want to There's a little stank on, on them, like yeah. not necessarily in a bad way. It's just like they all have something that propels them to know that this is really, really smart. Well, you know what's funny is this ties into everything them, we were just talking about before because we are just talking about the real world and what it was like to meet these people when we were younger. So I've been blogging about TV since 2004. That's when I started my first website, which was the now defunct and dead uh, TVgasm.com. And I, w- I would just write these recaps. And I was much more scathing back then. I would just like go in on everyone. I think that was drawn from my own insecurities. And again, I was, I was closeted. And I think that actually made an impact. I just of had like, this inner frustration that I was projecting onto TV and whatever. And there, 
And, you know, living in LA, you do actually encounter these reality stars a lot. I mean, yeah. see Trishelle at Cabo Cantina. You sure. Know? Um, I <laughs> Especially felt like, during that time, honey. Yeah. I mean, Saddle Ranch used to be like, it was like, oh, there's Blair from Road Rules manning the, the, the cow, the bull. My you know? roommate yeah. was on their Saddle Ranch reality show. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nick. Nick's a hunky hunk hunk hunk. You which would was, really like him. Which one was Nick? He's the guy named Nick that was like oh, really okay. hunky. Like, oh wait, Nick, wasn't he on that show? To my knowledge, Tool that was the only Academy show that or something. In. I don't think so. Or something like that, like a VH1 off brand. He anyway. might have been, but like no, but like Nick. So Nick was on the Saddle Ranch reality show, okay. and he might have actually. But didn't you say he did like some auxiliary like other radio show? Yeah, it was like, just like, like one off stuff. It wasn't yeah. like. Well, either way, it was like. I would make fun of these people, especially Big Brother, because I'm obsessed with Big Brother. And I would like go in on these people, and then you meet them, and they're all like friendly, and they're all like normal people. Sure. And then you, you're you like, feel kind why? of bad <laughs> because you're like, oh, I'm talking so much shit. And I know that if I were in their position, I would be like crushed. But then again, that's also why I'm not in their position because I couldn't handle it. And I feel like there is something that people who go onto reality TV. Their desire for fame and attention, and I'm not saying that in like a shady way, but their desire for fame and attention, like, overdoes their, their it outpaces their desire to be liked. I completely understand. Yeah, it's not not him, but I, I appreciate the photo quite a bit. <laughs> Let me see it, Nick. Oh, Nick! Is I thought cute. it was a different guy. Yeah, Nick's Nick is cute. very cute. Well, I mean, everyone who works at the Saddle Ranch is super cute. Yeah, I um get a free photo once at the Saddle Ranch when I was like twenty two. Like mm-hmm. I like rode the ball, and yeah. they were like, and the guy was after he was like, "Hey, come here." He's like, "You want a picture?" Oh, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah." And so they print out my picture for me. Remember, and, like how- I would say, I was like, "When remember when you first moved to LA, you'd get like small scores like that." Like a guy at the Saddle Ranch would give you like yeah. a free picture or like you walk into some, Saddle like, Ranch they give super, you a kamikaze shot yeah like, hey, you want a shot you're like oh my god best place in the world or like some super haughty guy at the bar would be like like hey not even at Saddle Ranch like just like anywhere in LA like everything had a little bit more charm yeah and you'd be like oh my god some guys just like buy me a drink that's mm-hmm. amazing yeah and then like now if some guy offered to buy me a drink I'd be like what do you want from me What's yeah. your social? Like, can I do a full <laughs> background? It's like I can pass it for two fifty right now. Like, are you gonna hurt me? Like, I can literally just throw two fifty on my PayPal. Like, scan less, or is like I would, yeah. You know, I, uh, I the only time much. I ever got um, drinks bought for me was actually when I was in the closet by game by like gay men. I, you know, because as a man, you don't generally get drinks bought for you, right? Yeah. But then it, the times I had gone to gay bars when I was in the closet, now you don't get. Drink spot for you? Well, it was, like I know you're in a relationship, but yeah. Like, but even but even then, like when I was single and gay, not not once did anyone did anyone buy me a drink. In fact, not once did I ever have one of those like really cool moments where someone like slips me their number or something like that. You know, I'll buy you a drink. We thank go out. You, thank I you. know. I'm like literally upset. But right they now. bought. But when I was in the closet, I would get drink spot for me. I think it must be that thing when 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 gay men can. When their gaydar is going off and they know someone's not in the club. Was it older closet. gay men or was it? Age appropriate. Oh, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> like a daddy gay moment. Yeah. No, no. It wasn't a daddy <laughs> moment. I've actually also never had um, any real daddy moments. No one's ever tried to. Daddy moments daddy. freak me the fuck out. They're I do weird. have to say, like, though, I did have 
this one crush of my boss when I was like, he was 32 and I was mm. 23. Mm. In nine years, so that time was very scandalous to me. And he had like, See, I wouldn't like consider a, that a daddy moment. I think I'm thinking like a 43 or a 53. I know. I'm yeah. like, in my mind, I'm like, I have a nine year old dad and I'm like, <laughs> disgusted by it. But like, uh, Actually, you know what? I, I had a, one daddy moment, but I didn't realize it was a daddy moment because the lights were dim. And it was this guy who was uh, – he once had a bit uh, like moment on Real Housewives of Orange County, I think. He had like a bridal salon that I think Tamara was at. Or what, I don't know. But he, uh, he, he did hit on me. And then when I saw him on TV, I was like, that's that guy. And I realized he was like about 20 years older than I thought he was. So I had – a Wait. delayed daddy moment. Ah, Do you want a fucking exclusive? Yes. I have a friend who fucked. Um, wait, what was the woman who was on Real Housewives of OC who had the two like out of control party daughters? Lynn Curtin. Okay. So a pa- allegedly, uh, allegedly, one of my friends ran into one of her daughters. Uh-oh. I don't know which one. Mm-hmm. Possibly the older one. Okay. At a bar, no, at a rave in Uh-oh. the OC. And oh, this God. was like at the height of like EDM fandom. Oh, gosh. Everything like the, is no, just no. sounding so wrong No, right it's now. like that, the height of hipster EDM fandom. So it's like, this is maybe like three years ago okay. almost where mm-hmm. it's like. Like Swedish House Mafia. Sure. It, no, that's exactly what that's like. Okay. Yeah. So like there's that happening. There's yes. that Swedish House Mafia moment. Tustin House Mafia. That classic Swedish House Mafia moment. In Costa so, Mesa. Yes. So that's. Might actually be exactly where <laughs> what happened. So my friend wound up meeting a girl and she was like, hey, I need like, I need a place to stay for tonight. Do you have X? Ex- well, first she asked him if he had ecstasy. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no. Like, I don't even think it was Molly. It was like, do you have ecstasy? Right. Okay. Yeah. And he was like, no. And then, uh. <laughs> She was like, well, I need a place to stay for the night. And he was like, well. Come on, be my baby tonight. Come on. He's like, he's like, ain't nobody that I'm feeling like I'm feeling you at this one particular rave in Costa Mesa. And like, that's the parentheses. Ain't nobody that I'm feeling like I'm feeling you at this one rave in Costa Mesa. Parentheses. So anyway, so that's what I'm feeling happened. And they went to this hotel room. Boned. Okay. And then. Next morning, allegedly, drove to the split level building where her parents were renting the upstairs floor, mm-hmm. like for one and a half bedrooms, sort of thing. And um, they weren't really living in like real, they were all sharing like one bedroom and like a big yeah. closet. Yeah, and, that's sad. Um, yeah. And like, like at one point, like she had, I guess, during the sexual part uh-huh. like it's something that says i'm like are you sure you're not with me for who i am no way <laughs> no no no, no and he way. was like no what are you talking about <laughs> and i love it because it was so Kristen on last week's um vanderbump rules yes. when she was like when the guy was like so what's your deal and she's like are you asking me what my job is and i was like <laughs> Well, honey, no, he just signed a waiver to be on reality television. So I'm pretty sure he knows what your job is. Yeah. <laughs> but like, which is not working at a, at a restaurant yeah, owned by Lisa Vanderbilt. Exactly. That's your job. So 
But Sonia, I'm pretty sure. But like, I loved how Coco, I loved how cooked out they are on this season. Oh yeah, they are crazy. And you know, so it's like fun. it's just that like Kristen has that like I'm. No one can see him like kind of like twirling in my chair a little bit, like playing with my hair. And it's like it's that like coked up moment where it's like you think you're super chic fab. Yeah, and like maybe you are. Maybe right. you are. Like Kristen moment. hasn't looked terrible. Kristen's so, Kristen's doing okay this so far this season. She hasn't had like a crazy. But I'm v confused by the overall yeah. message. Yeah, well, the message is basically on reality TV from season to season, everything changes, and you just have to just go with the flow because nothing makes sense. Why? Why are Tom and Jax going on a joint birthday party together when Jax boned had sex? with Tom's then-girlfriend. Boys always forgive each other. That's the message on all of reality television is that women never forgive and men yeah, always forgive. That's true. Although, so I, I was recently at Pump a few weeks ago and wound up talking. I was supposed to be there. I'm so sorry. And I bought new Valentino shoes and everything. Just I was, for the Did occasion. I send a pic? New pumps No, I for did. Pump. I bought new Valentino shoes for you guys. They're oh. rainbow with like gold studs. Well, we'll just have to go back. It's, I know. it's easy I mean, enough. I'm like, oh, it's so terrible. I have to go back. Yeah. Well, we wound up talking to Tom Sandoval. Oh, and, I love Sandy. Yeah. And uh, and and Eric, the, the head bartender at Pump. Trouble. That troublemaker himself. Yeah. And they... They did not like Jax. I mean, they talk shit about Jax. They're like, no, Jax sucks. Jax sucks. So, I mean, when you see then Tom and Jax going on, you know, a, a joint birthday, I mean, it makes me think it's just the producer saying, I you guys it, have to do this. No, it's no. Really? I think it's honestly, it's like. They just really forget each other. They all really, no. I've like, I was at Ariana's birthday party. Oh, yeah? They're fine. Sandoval and Jax are fine. Really? Okay. Like, all of those guys are, like, homies. Yeah, they're just, like, bros. It's just, just, they're, like, literally homies. It's, like, you plod my girl, whatever. Like, I was done with her anyway. Like, yeah. that's definitely <laughs> the vibe. Like, right. they're all boys. Uh, right. Wait, so we, do we need to take our next call? Have we gone off on way too much yeah. of it? Okay. Christina okay. Lopez is, like, malls. We're on a Vanderpump tange. Okay, let's yeah. next call. Hey, Miles. Uh, my name is Jay. Um, I just started listening to the podcast recently, and I love it. And one of the things I love about it is that it's, like, so girl and pro-girlfriend, and it makes me feel like I'm sitting around with my girls, even though we're spread out all over the country, kicking ass and taking names these days. Um, anyway, the reason I'm calling is because my number one girl, my, like, ride-or-die-to-the-end bitch, um, has been having, a, like, a really hard time lately. Her father passed away just before Thanksgiving, and... Well, I think that's in the pod that you're down with the whole, like, dysfunctional dad bit, and that brings up a lot of that childhood shit, and, you know, it makes us who we are in the good ways and the bad. Um, so I live in New York, and I'm flying out to L.A. today to spend some time with her, and I want to do something nice to make her feel special because, like, let me just say that this girl is, like, amazing. She's super smart. She's a Fulbright scholar. She's a lawyer who dedicates, like, her whole life and career to helping people. She's hilarious, like a crazy unicorn woman who can fight the forces of evil in the California government all day and then come home and make you a homemade pizza and talk shoes and Gilmore Girls all night. So we've been friends since we were 18. Um, we're in our early 30s now. So, you know, we survived all that 20s shit together, the bad dudes, the constant moves, terrible jobs, the broke as hell days, the oops, I'm pregnant moments, like all of it. Um, and anyway, so I wanted to do something nice for her and I was wondering if you'd be interested in having her on your pod. 
Um, I know you typically have people more involved in entertainment and the arts, but I promise you this, like, kick-ass woman will be worth your while, and she gives amazing advice. Um, I understand it's a long shot, especially since I'm heading there, like, today, and we'll be there for, like, two weeks. But if you're open to the idea um, or maybe have other ideas for what I can do to give her a boost. Um, anyway, thanks a lot. Bye. Of course your friend can be on our podcast. Yeah. Like, literally, that's fine. Uh, you left us a, a voicemail of fun nuggets of info um, that we can't that we, we wouldn't we wouldn't say about your friend's life that like are awesome. But what I think is really cool here is that she has a friend that's this passionate about her, and like mm-hmm. very few people have a friend that that's like that passionate about them. Mm-hmm. And would call a podcast and say like this person's amazing and. You know, Jay, you're a great friend. Like, you're an awesome friend. And um, we're, I think, July, January 16th, July. January 16th is our next recording. I think so, yeah. Um, I don't know if you're going to be here or not. Whether or not you're here, we would love to have your friend on sometime in this new year. And uh, we're actually (laughs) trying to book a bunch. I'm trying to get Rachel Dolezal, y'all. Wow. Like, I'm really on my Dolezal right now. These yeah, I wasn't initially trying to get Dolezal, but right. like I realized, well, Mitchell, Mitchell Sunderland, who did her profile for Vice mm-hmm. broadly, is going to come on. And he like thought I was a re- like initially reaching out to get Dolezal. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 I'm asking for you. But yeah. like, y- yeah, I'd love Rachel Dolezal because mm-hmm. like I. Well, if we are to have her on, I want her to be here, not because she's Rachel Dolezal, like, right. I don't want to talk about race, I don't want to talk about anything else, I want to find out what her as, like, a Howard-educated, as a educated, highly educated woman, successful woman, mm-hmm. regardless of, like, whatever weird, like, whatever's going on around her, surrounding her. Racial dip- identification. Mm-hmm. Racial identification, sure, mm-hmm. exactly right. Um, whatever's going around, uh, like that has nothing to do with her ability to be to access her human, like college mind, right? Like she's that's. I feel it's like a social thing that has nothing to almost do with whatever I think could be her as an intellectual person. So right. I'm really interested in finding out her advice. Trying to yeah, get her on. I'm, I'm sure she has some interesting things to say on a variety of topics. If not, I just want to meet Mitchell, who spent a weekend mm-hmm. hanging out at her house. Are you a little bit jealous of Rachel Dolezal? Um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm really that jealous of her at all. Just to be completely um, the wrong word, I would say I'm like the opposite of jealous I'm more, of her. Yeah, I think I'm more fascinated by her than jealous of her. Um, no, jealous is like, <laughs> I know, like literally, like as I left my other, I was like. Are you jealous of Rachel? I was like, who's jealous of Rachel Dolls? Maybe Nick Jonas. He gets jealous. Oh, do you think Nick Jonas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is he? That what? song. Oh, oh, that song. <laughs> Honey, I love it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to drink. No, no, but I'm, I'm good like, for a Nick oh, what did he do? Was it like Kate Hudson's out with like another Jonas? I thought that Gigi was with a, with, with a Jonas. It's very um, difficult. I'm just telling these, you that, like, I literally went and bought Gigi's sports bra that she wore in the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Really? And I'm not even a Victoria's Secret girl, but, like, one, red is my power color. Okay. And two, 
like I just love Gigi Hadid and everything she stands for. I I have remarkably few opinions about Gigi Hadid. Um, I think that she is she's obviously beautiful, but I guess for me, and and again, I'm, I'm not really a fashion gay, so when I comment on things like fashion and models, I sometimes miss the mark. But um, but models are so of now. Like I would say, like okay, look, like models, like in the last ten years of our lives, did not mean as much as they meant in the ten years before well, that. Well, she is definitely our first supermodel that we've had in a long time. I mean, she, Kendall. What do we think about Kylie Claus? Our Car- what's her I name? Carly like- Claus. Oh, Carly. Cl- so here's the thing. Okay, okay Carly Claus. I'm not into her. Well, so I think there's Martha this whole. Hunt is the shit. There's this whole nebulous group of names of Carly Claus and Haley Steinfeld and Gigi Hadid and everything. that they all sort of circle Taylor around Swift's Taylor Swift like squad, squad yeah. right? And but none of them are. I, I, Gigi is the only one that seems to me to be like a legitimate. Gigi like, model. is like oh, no, and someone. I mean, Carly Claus is me, right. Can I tell you? So, well, no, Mar- like they all are. Martha Hunt's a real model. Yeah. Like Lily Aldridge is a real model. Like they're mostly all real. It's Kendall's hard to, it's, a real model. It's just sometimes hard to find the line between model and personality with some of these girls for me. You know, because I get I don't really follow but this world that much. This is something I want to point out: is that yeah. people are now millennials are now. I heard someone straight up, like a 24-year-old girl, trying to stake Gigi Hadid, saying that, like, she's just, like, an average girl from the mall. So, and I'm, so this is my thing, is that it's, like, millennials are so fucking arrogant now. Millennials are so fucking arrogant and clueless about their own relevance and hotness and, like, whatever else. And it's, like, not even about hotness. It's, like... You're just not meant to be a model. You haven't committed right. your job well, to being a model. So here's so here's my thing on Gigi. My perhaps controversial stance, which might be a little bit more in line with this millennial uh, than I'd like to maybe admit, which is that I think I might be inclined to agree with you. You know, I was just watching just last week's episode of Real Housewives or whichever episode it was, in order to make this moment an evergreen moment, uh, where Gigi and Bella were hanging around the kitchen with Yolanda and everything. They're pretty. They're undoubtedly pretty. But if when I look at them, admittedly they weren't in like full makeup, or whatever. But I don't look at them and think like, "Oh my god, supermodel!" And every time oh, I see I do. Gigi, and, yeah. I, but, and I know but that a lot a woman, of people say I that. See, but when I, I can th- see in their facial features, yeah. I can see what that is in makeup, and I can see. I mean, right. I'm not going to say I have like the vision. Right. I'm just going to say I can see what it is that a uh, a fashion house would want in a face. Absolutely. Like I mean, I'm, I'm like, not taking anything gorgeous. away. I'm not taking anything away from her beauty, but I, th- the fact that she has skyrocketed to the top versus anyone else, to me, I kind of feel like it's, you know, I wonder what role, you know, having super wealthy parents played in that to get her those, get her those, those gigs, you know? Well, like, here's the thing is like, I never want to have the, did I come out of the wrong pussy conversation? Because the answer is yes. Every modern supermodel of today's world is connected to a massive American family (laughs) yeah, or a massive British family or whatever. They're all connected to borderline royalty. Yeah. Like, and that's, I mean, that's just consistent. Like yeah. throughout, like throughout it, and which is to say, would they be famous if not? No, but like this is what we have elected our modern supermodels to be, right. and I, like supermodels yeah. are a statement more about us. And like I always say, like if you're not comfortable where you are, look around you. That right. is literally who you are. So if these are our supermodels, then we need to do. And you're displeased. 
We need to do better about our standard of beauty. What I love about her is like her beautiful sexual cat like features. Mm -hmm. I like I I like that she has um, the same things that I liked about Adrian Grenier, to be honest, when he Mm -hmm. first broke out, which is that I think they have a similar cat like beauty. And I do like that. I like that feline appearance in a human Mm -hmm. um, from time to time. (laughs) You like to have a cat eye moment. Now, I think Carly Kloss is not – she's not perfect for me. Right. Because I don't understand her proportions. But mm-hmm. Gigi, her proportions are round. Yes. They're beautiful. They're yeah. cat-like. Mm-hmm. She has lashes. She has a great nose right. that's proportionate to her mouth and her eyes. And, like, I just think she's a great supermodel. Yeah. So, Jay, tell your friend that she can be on Please Advise. Yeah. And let's take her next call. <laughs> Hi, Mal. This is Kate. Um, I wrote in, and you um, gave me some advice about my move. Um, I recently moved and was really uh, questioning what have I done. And I was just giving you a call back for a follow-up. My name is Kate, um, and I would be happy to give you an update um, on where I'm at. I'm sort of all in the middle of it, but thanks for uh for answering my my plea. I appreciate that. Okay, so this is a girl that called on Jenna Kim Jones's episode, which was called The Fallout, and it's two episodes ago, I think, if you want to go listen to it. So basically, she had moved to quote-unquote paradise, which Jenna, Christina, and I could not for the life of us figure out, which we all realized probably after the point was maybe Hawaii. Um, and she called back and said, I want to talk to you guys. I want to like clear this up. What exactly happened when my husband, my dog and I moved to Hawaii, we were broke and couldn't quite figure out what was going on here and maybe made a huge mistake and want to come home and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, we're going to talk to Kate right now. Let's do this. Hello, this is Kate. Hi, Kate. It's Malls. Hi, how are you? I mean, I'm fine. How are you, girl? <laughs> good, good. Okay, so I have my best friend. My He's my new best friend, mm-hmm. Ben Mandelker here. He's from a podcast called Watch What Crappens. Do you like shows on Bravo? I do. Okay, oh, so awesome. he like talks all about those shows on Bravo. How are you, honey? <laughs> I am good. Um, I am looking forward to some... Um, good things. I think that will be happening in 2016. So I think I'm in a, uh, an okay place. I don't know why, like, I feel like 2016 is such like a big dick year for all of us. Like, I just feel very positive <laughs> about mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, I wrote in about, I think the beginning of December, um, I was just kind of feeling really down about my current situation. Um, I moved to Hawaii um, six months ago. I'm so Um, embarrassed we didn't figure that out. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's so obvious. We didn't figure it out. Sorry. Which island did you move to, by the way? Um, I live in Oahu. Oh, okay. Is that the big one? So, um, It's the most populated. Okay, okay, cool. Like Dog the Bounty Hunter? Yeah, I want to find him someday. So um, he's there, but that's he him. Is, yes, he lives on Oahu. Yes. 
Okay. So, so I moved here thinking like, oh, this is going to be great and wonderful. Um, but I live in the country. I live in rural area and um, I drive um, 40 miles to get to work one way. Wow. And so that has really been really difficult. Um, and so I kind of was just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Um, this, I'm in the car like a good 20 hours a week. And um, I kind of just complained to my mom one day, just vented to her. And of course, she just is being a mom and she's like, what do you want me to do? How can I help? And she said, why don't, we'll pay for everything. We'll, we'll get you back home or we'll get you wherever you want to go. Um, but it's very expensive to move. Okay, to wait a minute. So what do you, what do you owe? This is my question. I'm just going to, first of all, I yeah. want to say like, did you get drunk and watch Roseanne's Nuts? Like what happened <laughs> that you decided Hawaii was going to be the move? Because like, no offense, like their crime rate is known as like number two. Right, because there are a lot of people Obesity that Obesity rate is like very high. And, like what's, yeah, what happened homelessness in. Homelessness is huge there. Homelessness is huge. Oh, like Hawaii is yeah. like notoriously n- not a great st- state to live in at this point in America, which is not a, I'm not, I'm like, not going to like kick you while you're down. I just want to ask, <laughs> I know you thought, I know you thought about this a little bit because you're a smart girl. You found us. So <laughs> what happened that you didn't, um, that we didn't think about it further. Um, Well, my husband had presented me this idea about two years ago, and I laughed and said, no way. His mom lives here. So there was one person that we knew that lived here. Mm -hmm. So he he had asked me, because we're really outdoorsy, and um, we mountain bike and bike and camp, and it would, we really were looking to get out of, uh, we wanted nice weather year round. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So wait, so what happened to his mom? She's here. We live with her. Okay. So then okay. I guess that's I guess that's what one of my one of my questions is before you throw in the towel and head back to the mainland, is there any way to to like move closer to your work so you're not uh driving so yes. much? So that, okay. So is basically that, that was that was the option. Either move, you know, move back to the mainland United States. And, and just move to a, a cheaper uh, city because it's very expensive here. Um, or go ahead and move into downtown Honolulu, mm-hmm. um, which would be amazing. Um, but it's very, very expensive. Oh, I um, think you should get a little bit more ambitious, honey. Like I'm saying that so, I think that you can make it work. So we did. So we found an apartment. Okay. Um, and we are going to, in two weeks, we are moving to the heart uh, of Honolulu, right in the middle of everything. I will no longer need to be in a car. I can ride my bike to work. Okay, so that is definitely a a goal in my life was to be car free. It's also um, wellness. It's wellness. Yeah. And in, in for health. Yeah. I just love to, to ride my bike and be outside. Um, so this way... We, you know, it's very expensive. We know that we're going to have to make some lifestyle changes as far as like going out and and buying things, um, you know, that we we might want. Um, so we 
you just have to buckle down and and save and be a little bit more cautious with our budget. We've been able to, we came from the Midwest where we lived um, pretty great um, as far as cost of living. So uh, we were able to go out all the time and, and get drinks and um, pretty much do whatever we wanted. You know what though, you'll, you'll make it work as someone who has been in similar situations, you know, you find, you find a way to make it work. Um, and you start working on getting more income or finding ways to get some money on the side. And then you can, you can build your way back up to that lifestyle that you would like to have. And in the meantime, you'll find one that will work financially for you. And you might actually find that you may even enjoy it more. It's all about that side hustle, like from literally from anything from, okay, so I'm just going to like help my neighbors move around their Mm -hmm. furniture on the weekends and like call myself like an interior landscaper, Mm -hmm. like, or whatever it may be. Like, or you, like your great, like your boyfriend's mother, like a needlepoint shit and you sell it on Etsy. Like, like just look for opportunities in your life, hon. Yeah. And like neighbors, like maybe like, okay, maybe like you, Get really clear on a juicing plan. I've had people sell me a a plan of juicing that was eight hundred dollars total for seven days, but they sold me because they sold me. So you can do yeah. that, yeah. okay? Oh, yeah. And like, there's, and there's I'm just, I'm not saying become a swindler. I'm just saying find your use. You there do. is a lot of things you can do to make yourself available to locals and to make yourself available as who you are with what you have to give. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think any day of the week, if you're, I've, anytime I've struggled to make rent, I almost promised you I was smiling the most outside of work. Mm-hmm. And it's because I was paying for the quality of life or I was, um, you know, paying very little and also really happy because I was going out and having fun and, and, the meantime anyways. So I think that you just need to find what's going to make you smile the most ultimately. Like the most days that you come home, you can smile. I know you have a dog and that's always yeah. the best news ever to come home to a dog. And they're just like so happy for you every day. And if that makes you happy in an apartment with this mom or with this uh, by you guys, like, I mean, that's so cute. You two bicycling around with your dog in an apartment. That's so cute. And it's like, it's, you know, it's tough to think of because you're like, that's not what I saw for my life. And, you know, I don't, you know, this is, this is stuff that life is made of. I really believe in you for this. Like, I really, I really am endeared to you for taking this adventure because it's hard to, it's hard to do that. So I, um, Really appreciate that about you. I think that no matter what you do, just make sure that when you're like smiling the most when you're outside of work, no matter what your work is, that you just smile the most when you're not there. Yeah. And I think, I think this turn of events and these changes are definitely for the best. Um, I definitely have a good relationship with my mother-in-law, but you know, we are in our thirties and right. We, you know, it, it's, we want it, we need our own space. And I think that that will be helpful. Um, and also just for social socializing there, there's not much opportunity for socialization where I currently live. 
Sure. Um, so I'm, you know, I need to make friends. So yeah. I'm right. gonna, yeah. gonna be in a, a area where there's young professionals and, and other people with like interest in myself. So I plan on doing some meetups and, and, and yeah, you have please advise niche. Like if like literally we can get a please advise Hawaiian meetup, like I would die. Like let's get a please advise Hawaiian meetup. <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, Is there I there other please advise meetups. I mean, well, we had one in LA, but honey, like I've been watching oh this God, show amazing. Polyamorous Married and Dating. If you get the Showtime extension, it's like an extra 3.99 on Hulu. And you can watch uh-huh. a show Polyamorous Married and Dating and it's about all these like I mean, I'm just going to, like, call it as it is. Like, Christina doesn't like when I say this, but, like, the the pod that lives together, they're a bunch of sexual freaks. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Jen works at, like, her bisexual husband's bead store, and, like, she calls her vagina a yoni. And, like, um, you know, She's Kamala Devi, like, literally everything is, like, namaste. And, like, her husband will not penetrate anyone that's, like, she he won't penetrate males. Like, it's, like, a very – it's, like, I'm just telling you, like, this is, like, the kind of thing you need so to get into. An this is an option for this you is the to kind make of thing. Hawaii it's like, No, I'm just fan. saying, like, first of all, they have – they have like, the last thing I heard about Hawaii in the last 48 hours is that they have polyamorous meetups there. <laughs> but, like, if that's not of interest to you, which I'm – most, I'm guessing it's might not be. If it's not yeah. of interest to you, maybe you just want to watch the Showtime show, and like you can get blow through. Like the first set, like the first season, there's kind of a hot couple or triad. It's like two girls and a guy, and then the second season, well, it's just like really gross. But like I just think you'll love it, and so it's called Polyamorous. Oh, yeah, it sounds like something, honestly, that if I moved to the wrong location, that would get me through that. So I'm proud of you, <laughs> and I love you, and um, I hope you have a really good night. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Good luck. Roseanne's nuts, babe. You're, like, literally living Roseanne's nuts. I know. I need to, I need to learn more about all that. You have Go to watch it. Roseanne's Nuts. Roseanne, the House Hunters famous American. Oh, House Hunters or it's not Hawaii. Ha- not House Hunters Hawaii, but they have, they have a show that's like House Hunters Hawaii. It's called like Hawaiian Dreams or something like oh that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Honey, are you watching? Okay, you are. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Okay, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I didn't well, know. Let me tell you something. I, for the past year, drove Uber on the side to pick up some side money, and it made all the difference, and it was actually really fun, and the stories that I got out of it... I would love a Hawaiian people. Uber. Yeah. Wait, honey. My husband's been doing that. Oh, so you... Can I rent that. a room in your house for, like, part of the year? What if I, like... What uh, if I go, like, huh? like write Mark Twain's letters from Hawaii? Did you, yeah. did you ever read that? <laughs> I did not. Honey, read Mark Twain's letters from Hawaii. Have you read those? No. No. Just read them. Mark Twain wrote okay. a bunch of letters from Hawaii, and you should read them. Actually, give me your address, and I'll send them to you. After this podcast, okay. I'll send them to you. I'll send you Mark Twain's letters from Hawaii. Okay. Sounds good. Email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. You guys, all of you all, email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or just your regular emails or call 323-450-7408. Thank you so much. Thanks, hon. Bye. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. That was episode 73 of Please Advise. You guys, I can't believe we have 73 in the can. By the time I'm 32, we're going to have 75. That's super chic. You guys, you can always call 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or 
your emails. We love your emails as well. You guys get super juicy in the emails. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look up PLZ Advise. We're there with various combinations of underscores and not underscores. We're also on soundcloud.com slash please advise and iTunes. Please follow us on iTunes. Retweet us. Share us with your friends. You guys, Ben Mandelker. Ben Mandelker. It's okay. Many people, many people butcher that one. Ben Mandelker. Yes. No, I and like I'm I'm Macalier. Yeah, no, you so I'm, like which is like literally, could you get harder? Yeah, and Macalier, you have Mandelker. all done it amazing. Mm-hmm. You've like never mispronounced my name. So thank you for that. But like Ben Mandelker of the Watch What Crappens podcast. Guys, they cover everything Bravo mm-hmm. three days a week now. It's two, it's two days a week, but but it's and then we have a bonus episode for our Patreon subscribers. Okay. So it's basically it's basically like three episodes a week. And then each episode is like two hours. Yeah, so if you ever like really like if you are like me, that you need one hour a week minimum. Mm-hmm. to discuss Vanderpump Rules yes. or Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or like yeah. whatever it may be in the franchises. The very mm-hmm. – I'm I operate ski being over. It was really hard for me. Yeah. I, I Unfortunately, um, uh, I watched the first episode of Operate Ski and then that that was pretty much it. I mean like Operate Ski, like I'm literally feeling like a dampness in my oh, soul wow. the same way that like oh. I felt in my last like big breakup. Like it really mm. is hard for me. Wow. Operate Ski was like I really liked Barbie, Barbie, uh, Char and Bobby mm-hmm. were amazing, right? Um, as two best friends, yeah. And then I loved Jim Lindsay as a possible love romance, mm-hmm. but then I also loved uh, Kendra as just being like the sister doing it for herself, right? You know, and so it was like all the marks of a Bravo show were hit, yeah, and um, it was set in Whistler. Which was a fun Gorgeous. location, different, I mean, changing it up. Like, yeah, and it's like, okay, does that sound fun? Like going up to a glacier to cut like ice for my martini? Yeah. yeah, it sounds fun. Interactive art, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, that sounds really fun. Like, I absolutely want to watch someone. Yeah, like, it was, unfortunately that we just, you know, like we watch so much Bravo that something's got to give every now and then. And unfortunately, Apreski, we just could not. Apreski couldn't do it for you. Okay, no. so but like here's the thing: we do agree on certain like uh, hidden gems. Yes, such as Southern Charm. We both love that. Okay, well, no, no, like That's, literally, that, like, hidden- if like liter- if Southern if Southern Charm is a hidden gem, literally kill me because uh, it's the best show on television. Yeah. Like it is. The Ravenel family, yes. the only family in America holding down the French Huguenot church. Yes. Like I have like, I, as a Catholic, <laughs> I am so ashamed of what happened to the French Huguenots. Mm. Like I'm so embarrassed and I've like literally like been secretly um, like apologizing for what happened right. to the French Huguenots via the Catholics. Well, the Ravenels are keeping the flame alive for the Saint, FHs. St. Julian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well St. Julian, well, he was the first to name himself. Saint. Well, I guess, you know, you're right. Southern Charm isn't quite a hidden gem. It's more of like a, a plain sight gem. I would say, I guess, Gallery Girls is the biggest Catherine hidden Catherine follows me on Does she Twitter really? And, like, she wants, like, she said she would come on this pod. She should, But yeah. I had to, like, contact her publicist. And I was like, honey. Yeah. Like, I can get, like, Katie and Tom here exclusive with the ring. To yeah. Talk about the pear-shaped champagne diamond. 
Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sorry, Catherine, but you know, you know, like Catherine, is, like I'm not going really through like legal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like I'm gonna like praise you like I should, such as mm-hmm. Moby would. You yeah, know what I mean? actually, like, I believe I'm, that would be Fat Boy Slim who would do that oh, praising. Fat, oh, it's like, like she, Fat yeah. Boy, oh, yeah. like um, like Spike Jones, like yeah, Spike Jones, like milieu. literally. Mm-hmm. Okay, but do you know Sofia Coppola was like a um main like supporter like funding wise of that video praise you uh i didn't know that but i'm not surprised it makes sense because there's that she was they were dating at that time right yeah they were and like by the way like it just legit shocks me looking back when you see that strange hollywood story like it's like loving it so hard and you can buy mm-hmm. if you buy this spike jones it's like some criterion like shit right. you can buy like a bunch of like documentaries Praise you, making a praise you is one of them. <laughs> you know what's very funny to me is that uh, there's this kid from my middle school who I wasn't like very close with, but you know we knew who each other were and everything. And he moved out here, and I was like, oh look, there's Sam, whatever. And for years, oh, he was in that bed. No, I found out that he's Spike Jones's brother. Oh shit! Isn't that bizarre? No, literally it came like, at the wrong vagina. This is what I've been talking about. Like yeah. it's like it's like oh okay, you're like. You literally, I thought you had the same chance as me. This was all me with all the people that I'd be like, wait, but like, we also been struggling writers on the same level. Yeah. And like, and but, like, like, but you get to live in a house and I live in like a one bedroom part. Mm-hmm. I live in a studio bachelor apartment. I don't even have a kitchen. I live in a bachelor apartment in Koreatown. You're living in a five bedroom home in yeah. Silver Lake. And like. We're doing the same job. What am I doing wrong with my money? Oh, wait, your mom and dad's rich. Yeah. Like, I never realized that for years. And, like, that was a huge thing that I was missing in this town. It was like, oh, your parents are rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I remember the first time I realized that this guy, Corey, who worked for um, Gawker for a long time, he was like, yeah, it took me a really long time to realize that, too. And you don't when you are just like when you're given no option but to work hard, you don't realize that other people don't they'll work hard. Right. I know a lot of people who are so strong enough in their family's funding mm-hmm. that a working hard doesn't like a working hard's not a chore for them. Right. Well, it, I think the one thing is and I'm, I've never been by it. and I'm I'm not the person, even despite what I was saying about Gigi before, I'm not the sort of person Gigi. to to begrudge someone for having a connection. I say all the better for you. Like but I think one thing that makes it a little harder is that, you know what, people always say success is like hard work plus opportunity or something like that. And I think that when people do have wealthier parents or connected parents, you just have more opportunities. So they, they I think a lot of them work very hard. But, you know, if you have five opportunities versus someone who has just one, you know, usually the, the odds are in your favor, which is, you know, nothing. This has nothing to do about my, my thoughts on Sam. It's just a, a general observation about you know, people who just came out the right vagina. Ben, I just want you to swing from the chandelier for one time, for once, just tonight, for our family, just one time. Yes. I love you. I love you too, Miles. My new best friend. Very proud of you. No, like, don't, come on. Yes, I am coming on. Coming on. Honey. Okay, so I did buy new Valentino shoes to hang out with you at pump one night, but then I got a date. Ugh. I think you probably put the Valentino shoes to better to better use on a date. I know I didn't wear them us. on the date yet. They're still fresh in the bag, and I'm going to wear them to New Orleans on Valentine's Ooh. Day. Oh, yeah. okay. All but right. 
if that that said, I may take them out before then. If we can do a pump date, would Let's, you like to do a please advise pump kind of like maybe watch what crappens pump meetup? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Okay, let's do that on the first uh let's do it on the first Saturday of February. Okay. Yeah, I think that works. Okay, let's yeah. do that. Okay. You guys have the best night ever. 323-450-7408. I'm at Malls at B Side Blog. Yes. And we are going to kill it in the near future. Bye. Bye. 